2: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 511. I don't know, Scott, after after nothingness for eight weeks in, in November, December, and early, early January, we get the LeMahieu signing, we get the Corey Kluber move, the tie-on trade, and then I feel like this past week, not just with the Yankees, but Major League Baseball has, a, has had a very active week, which is fun. It's fun when shit happens, believe it or not. Yeah, they just needed a couple of dominoes to fall, and now and now things are happening, so um, the Yankees, I think we have a roster. I think we're pretty goddamn close to a roster. Looks like Either it. The way Cashman's talking, it seems like this is yeah. it. this is the roster they're entering the season with and who knows if they're going to uh add much during the season i was talking to my dad uh, on the, on the phone yesterday and uh he was he was, i was telling just telling him how i really don't think they're going to go over the luxury tax and how that that's their that seems to be their main goal with the way they've structured things and he goes yeah but if, uh, at, at the midseason uh, trade deadline if they're a pitcher short or an outfielder short for whatever reason and they have a chance to add payroll, they'll do it. I was like, ordinarily, I'd agree with you, but I don't. Do you do you agree with that statement right now that they would go over for it? Uh, yeah, say, say they have an opportunity to add a pitcher. Uh, let's use Justin Verlander as an example from 2017. Justin Verlander cost. Annually, $25 million, so prorate that for whatever. But the Astros basically got him from the Tigers for for a bag of peanuts. And, and, and that's it, because they just took on the salary. Would the Yankees be... I don't know if that player exists. This is a fictitious example. Right. But if they can add a player that you could say, yep, he's going to help you win a World Series, but it's going to cost you an extra $14 million this year or something like that, would, do you think they'd say yes? No, I, I think they're completely structuring this whole thing around... The tax thresholds—they—they—they will not do that. I think that they've added so much firepower because you'd have to be really convinced that that's going to completely put you over the top as well, and that's a hard thing to do. I think that's a hard thing to but do. But how do you how do you tell your team? It's not just telling the fans. Like, as far as Steinbrenner and Cashman care, fuck the fans. But but if it, how do you tell your your clubhouse? No no no, we're not going to add payroll to give you a guy that's going to help you win a World Series. You you you, you do it very easily. You, you say you do your clubhouse. You like. That's that's the whole I believe in you speech. I believe we got the it's talent. Actually, but in your haven't you heard any? If you can't look at the talent that they currently have and say that they have enough talent to win a World Series, then you'd be lying because they do. They do, but there's also injury factors and stuff like that that that, that makes it a wild card. I I remember, um, I forget who it was, but it was about David Cohn coming over to the Yankees in in the middle of the 1995 season, and I forget who was talking about this, but the guys in the clubhouse said that was a shot in the arm to all of us because that showed that the front office believes in us. But that's also a very different scenario in 1995, talking about the roster that they had at that point uh, uh, and the situation with just the, the type of players that they had and then getting David Cohn over in, onto that team. It's a very different situation. Anybody who would come over to anybody, literally anybody, would not be the best player on the team, would not be the highest paid player on the team, would not be like a, a savior of sorts. I wish I had an example to, to use because Verlander is the perfect example from 2017. It, it could be anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. That's the thing. If you're adding... If you had the ability, I mean, you could say that they have the ability to go out and get anybody. That That's such a fictitious, just, you know, sentiment. You, you could say that they have the ability to go out there and get Degrom. Grom. I mean, no, no, the, it's not the ability, it's the willingness. Do they have the willingness to go over the luxury tax in order to win a World Series? We would never we would never know the actual truth of that until the book is written because it would not be stated in until that way. Until July 31st it would not be stated comes around on the calendar. It would not be stated in that way. It could be that the deal didn't work out. No, but we explored you know, it. The deal didn't work out. We can, we can. I know, but we can. You know, we can make our own. Brian Cashman has been very honest recently. Comes. Very honest. Yeah, very honest. <laughs> I mean, very honest. Maybe <laughs> some may say a little too honest. Well, I mean, that's what you've been asking for. You've been, you've been asking and and yearning for transparency from this man, and he's basically coming out and just uh, and just delivering. Those, I feel those like this quotes, is those his hands up moment. Were, were were pretty pretty. Pretty good. They were pretty okay, honest. So I was going to ask you where you wanted to start this episode. What's the biggest news? We, yeah, is we can barely know. We'll talk about that later. There's 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 things that have happened. We've we've added people. We've gotten rid of people. So this is good. Yeah, the Yankees made a trade with the Red Sox. That doesn't happen every day. Adam Adovino goes to Boston. The Yankees signed a relief pitcher, Darren O'Day. And Tanaka's time with the Yankees is over, and he's going back to Japan. Where do you want to start? What, what's what's the big news to you? Well, I think Tanaka's probably the big news, the fact that he's not coming back. I think we both expected that to be the case. There was a potential, you know, before, probably before... Um, Kluber. Uh, before Kluber's Kluber, money is yeah, Tanaka's and, and, money. And, before the i mean the, the two pitchers having Jamison Tayan on there as well pretty much and sealed the deal at that point you're just adding too many damn bodies but i knew he would but because of the luxury tax he wasn't once Kluber was signed they weren't signing unless they made a unless million. they made a move like outavino to to get rid of outavino's contract and and shift things around which they did but um yeah i think Kluber and then Tyon, just on a, from a body's side you know looking at how many people are there that need to be in the major leagues and have major league contracts just wasn't going to work out. So, that's the the, the so, big news is that Masahiro Tanaka is not going to be on this team and he's going back to Japan, which was always an option. Right now they're 9 million bucks under the luxury tax entering the season and I believe that's because they want to have a little bit of flexibility to add payroll in the middle of the season. Maybe not a big name guy, but if you need to add a couple million bucks, you want to have that that room. <laughs> so, really the Kluber signings ended ended talks with Tanaka because even he made he made comments in his introductory press conference back with his old team, the Rackets and Eagles. He said I wanted to sign back with the Yankees, but it became clearer and clearer as the offseason went on. That I was not in their plan. Well, and also it was probably going to be a he wanted more than a one year deal, I would assume, to stay in New York as well. I think he would have taken a <laughs> one year deal though. If it, it, as as you choke to death because you're eating, you ate popcorn like a freaking lunatic before the show. Who eats popcorn before they're going to record? Because something? it was in front Just of me. Colonel made it. Kernels they're they're stuck watching in your a movie downstairs. It's cold and raining, and I wanted the popcorn. How do you walk by popcorn and not take some? I don't, I don't like have popcorn. the ability. To, you don't like popcorn. What's, I, I hate that it gets stuck in oh my teeth. I, <laughs> you are Larry David. <laughs> van, you are Larry David. I'm a very anal retentive person. The and popcorn it, is I delicious. I cannot stand eating things that get stuck in my teeth. Popcorn is delicious. And uh, I, there's no possible way I can walk by it and not have some. Same thing with Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly does the same thing. Reaches in the stands, well, grabs yeah. some popcorn. Yeah. You you deserve to choke on the popcorn if you want, if you want to eat it two seconds before we record a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> but the but uh, uh, maybe he would have signed a one year deal for in, in New no, York. No, so my my question was if if the Yankees said okay one one year eleven million the Kluber contract I think he would have taken. it. I don't think he would have taken 11, 11 million. Not not to stay here. I think if it was close he was probably going to go back to Japan. The guy's a king over there, man. It's he. I mean the, the life is just. I got to imagine how different it is when he's back and playing baseball there. With with the name that he has in Japan, it's just a different level of of fame and um, probably appreciation. Just you know, wherever he goes, I I, I don't blame him at all. He would work but his ass off for uh, one he's more already, year. Of, he hinted he didn't rule out coming back to the majors after his two years in Japan. <clears throat> so he clearly still wants to pitch in America and pitch pitch in the major leagues. I guess he's going to be pretty old at that point, and that 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 oh, I don't I don't see change. At Yankees fans, I saw a hashtag like Tanaka 2023 or whatever yeah, no it was. Thanks. I'm like, chill, chill guys. Maybe so he's like, going go to go to Japan and get for get the surgery. 2021. Maybe he'd get the surgery now <laughs> that's that he's right. out with the Yankees. Also, before it happens, can we just not do the thing where we look at his numbers halfway through the Japan season and see that he has like a 2.73 ERA and for all oh, the side of it's a different. League. He's going to win the equivalent the of competition the competition is not there the same. this year. That's that's yeah. happening. Yeah. The competition is not the same. K Agawa was a good pitcher in Japan. That's I, all you need I to know. I still don't believe it's that. not the same. I don't believe that K Agawa was ever good over there either. Those number those no. numbers were fake. <laughs> so, uh, but with Tanaka, his I think his major league career is over, which makes it seven years, 173 games started, 1,054 and a third innings pitched to a 3.74 ERA, a 3.91 FIP. And a 114 ERA plus, his uh, best season came in 2016 when he had a 140 ERA plus, 140 ERA plus, 40 percent better than league average. That's dominant. That's a dominant season. Uh, and he finished seventh in Cy Young voting that year. He finished fifth in Rookie of the Year voting in his first season. I think if he doesn't get hurt, he might end up winning the Rookie of the Year that year. Um, whether you want to say Japanese players deserve to be rookies or not, whatever they've won it in the past. Hideo Nomo won it right. I think that, did Ichiro won it. Uh yeah, that's right. Did I uh, think uh Nomo won Did he win Rookie of the Year? I'm not sure, but I know Ichiro won it and then he also won MVP in 2001 and then 2 years later people were pissed because Matsui didn't win Rookie of the right. Year. Because uh, he, was he was a Yankee cuz he was a Yankee. If he was somewhere else he probably would have. Also, I forget who won it. I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. Played for the Royals, I believe, but he had a really good year and he was he was a rookie came through the, the the Royals minor league system so was it Alex it was Gordon? Wilson No, I think it was Wilson Bettermitt? No. Can you look it up real quick? Sure. 2003 American League rookie of the year because if I google things during our podcast my computer just I say about. Alex Gordon because he's very he's he's got to be No, Alex Gordon is not that old. It, Alex Gordon was probably a rookie in like 2009. All right. Uh 2003. All right. Yeah, let's so, keep going. I'll, I'll I'll look it up yeah, on the phone. Yeah, so and people, uh, th- that's very respectable numbers from Tanaka. And I think if you were to a- have asked the Yankees when they signed him to the seven years, will you sign up for these numbers? Uh, th- it would have been, they would have said yes, but reluctantly yes, because I think when you sign a guy to a $155 million contract, you expect a little better than 374 ERA, 391. I expect low. Angel Barroa. I knew it was a B. Um. anyway do, do you agree with 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 that that if you had asked the Yankees before they signed the seven year contract would you sign up for these numbers or do you want to roll the dice I think they would have rolled the dice I think, even though these are respectable numbers I think they would have said we're hoping for better than these numbers yeah I think they were hoping for better absolutely and uh, you know obviously the uh, there was no championship in there and I think at the end of the day that's how you get measured as a New York Yankee it's a very big part of it if you're if you're in a even if you're in an era I mean look at Look at look at what happened with Mattingly. I, Mattingly is a perfect example of this. If he won two championships in there, I think that he's actually looked at very different uh, it, from the Yankees organization. Even though he's beloved, he's still beloved. I don't think he is too to a point where uh, that some of these other guys that have won championships. I don't think it's even close. Actually, I think you say two championships. If he's the backup first baseman on the 1996 Yankees, he is way more beloved than he Probably, is. Probably, yeah. If, if he, he stays on, just that having team. retired in 1995. Yeah. If he plays 87 games in 1996 and is on the playoff roster and hits 247, it's fine. We don't care. Mattingly, you were on the roster. You got a World Series at bat. We will shower you in love. Such a shame. Instead, instead he he was basically overlooked for the manager job, right? When it came time for the manager job? Um, No, because he was in L.A. He 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 followed he, he followed he followed Tory to LA, right? He followed Tory to LA. He was with the Yankees with under Tory as a bench coach, then went uh then went over to the Dodgers. And right, but I thought he interviewed when Girardi interviewed. I, I think he did. I think he did, but I don't remember if he went before or after. There was there I know he he, he followed Tory and then he was Definitely, on a path. You're right about that. Then he was on a path from there, and then you know, I, I it seems like the Marlins are sticking with him for a while. I would I would be surprised, especially with the way that they finished last year, that he's not there for a, pr- a significant amount of time. I could see Jeter sticking with him for a while. Yeah, Jeter's a loyal guy. Jeter's a loyal guy, and he kind of knows that he got screwed, but <laughs> in uh, '95, not not being on that '96 team, there's a little bit of a little bit of a, a salty taste there. So Jeter's trying to you know win one for the Gipper here. And, and the amazing thing about the Tanaka contract he actually did not have tommy john surgery under the life of that contract. In 2014 when he went down with his UCL in the first season that the Yankees had him, I was I would have bet my life savings that before the life of that contract ended, he would have had tommy john surgery. Yeah, no, I know. There was a that was a heated debate. That was a heated debate about that uh that UCL. And it turns out that he he just didn't need it. I mean, who knows what it looks like? What his arm looks like? What the numbers look like? What his performance is if that if he mm-hmm. did? But there's nothing out here saying that he was limited in any capacity. Would he have been better off? This is a question It's all hypothetical that's at this point because it's because an, he was healthy. It's an unanswerable question. But there's even though he was healthy, there's no doubt he has diminished in the past 3 seasons. But who's to just say he but who's to say he wouldn't have anyway? Right, it's unanswerable. I think there is a case to be made, though. If he has the Tommy John surgery at the end of 2014, he misses 2015, uh, rehabs 2016, and then 17, 18, 19, 20, he is a better pitcher than he was. I okay. think that's I think that's fair to ask the question. Sure, I mean, it, again, there's no answer to this. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but people, people are... Yankees Twitter is pouring one out, pouring two out for Tanaka leaving. They're sad. And I gotta tell you, I'm not it's sad. It's too much. I, I, it's too much. I'm not sad. I I okay, like he was a good pitcher for a while. Um he he had some some good games. He had some big games. There's no doubt about it. Um but I some fun playoff moments. He had some fun playoff yeah. moments. Uh, over the course of his 10 postseason starts, 3.33 ERA, under a one whip, which which is huge because he didn't beat himself in the playoffs. And I think that's one of the reasons why he was able to translate to a postseason pitcher because he didn't put a lot of guys on base. So he... Yeah, I gave up a solo home run here and there, but it's a solo home run. So yeah, limited damage, so. and that's what you need. That's what you need. You need a guy to control the innings, limited damage, not putting people on, not unnecessary situations with too many runners on. Look, he was a good pitcher for the Yankees for for a while, and and he will be remembered as such. I I don't think that um, history is going to you know put him on any kind of pedestal by any means. The fact that. Uh, one, I was expecting him to gone be gone. I was kind of ready for him to be gone because we we had already seen what we knew what we were getting out of him, and it wasn't it wasn't any more of this guy that was a, a a shutdown playoff guy. Playoff Tanaka is is a thing that I didn't have a lot of. Belief in any? No, it's not that I didn't believe it. It, it wasn't as a. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, he can go out there on a given day and dominate. He can go out there on a given day and limit damage. We didn't know. It was, he was way very too 50, much of a roll 50. of the he dice. Was, yeah, he yeah. his stuff just wasn't as good, and it just it just didn't give you that same level of confidence. So I'm at a point. I've said this a, a hundred times. I'm ready for some kids. Give me give me the 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 young guys. And I know we've Jamison Tyon is a, a new guy. You know, similar in. Um, In feel for the the way that I'm excited, I think for him coming in because one, first of all, the other thing we haven't talked about this guy like uh, a cancer survivor as well. Before he even got hurt, like this guy has been through a lot of shit, and he has been absolutely resilient and you know fighting through a lot of different things off the field. So. Those that that type of attitude and the and the type of things that when I see what he has gone through and listen to him talking about his rehab and how confident he is and the amount of changes he's made a significant amount of changes to try to stay healthy and has been doing it for a while and has really built it into his repetition. So if if you could feel as good a, 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 with a guy that's had two Tommy John surgeries, like this is the situation I think. But um, I digress. Tanaka was a good yeah, player. T- t- so to 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 tie a bow on the Tanaka thing, he's he's not a guy that I'm going to ever really think about again. <laughs> that's that, <laughs> and, I mean that's and that, that's that, that, pretty blood, not but... to, that's not to diminish what he did cuz I said very very respectable numbers and some great playoff moments that, that 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 I'm so happy that he did and we witnessed. But in 10 years from now, I'm not going to opine for the Tanaka days. It's just, I'm just not. Because we didn't win. That's it. That's what it comes down to. It, it's all about that. If he won with the Yankees, we would be saying very different things right now. That's it. Because he would have had bigger moments yeah. that, that led to a championship. And he probably would have yes, been if, a, a big piece of that. And it wasn't the case. So guess what? In he 2000s, wasn't good enough. <laughs> in 2017, he made three post, uh, three or four postseason starts and they were all fantastic. And if the Yankees go on to win a World different, Series different that Different situation. Year, it's, 2017 is a big year for a lot of reasons. And yes, yep. it 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 definitely hurt uh, Tanaka's tenure with the Yankees, especially in the mind of fans, unfortunately. Yeah. So I wish Tanaka all the luck in Japan. The next time we talk about Tanaka, uh, it's probably going to be an old-timer's day, 2025, when he returns and gets a nice standing ovation. Awesome. Looking forward to that. I will drink a <laughs> beer. Hopefully in a stadium. Uh, so before we move on to the other news about uh, that the Yankees made the trades and the signing, so because you mentioned Tyon and, and the starting rotation, Fangraphs actually projects the Yankees to produce the most WAR for starting rotations in, in Major League Baseball, and that shocked me. Eighteen point three projected WAR based on their depth chart projections over the Mets, over the Padres, over the Dodgers, White Sox, Nationals. Those are the is, next. Is that is that ball. one of those stats? So when you're looking at the team and the depth of the. Um, of the rotation, the way that they have it, do they base that on the guys that they believe also will get starts? Well, no, because you can only, I mean, it's the way, yes, yes, but at the same time, you can only have so many guys make so many starts. So it's, it's kind of like that's in the calculations. So I don't know. I got to see the way that they do that because it sounds like well, I can break it down for you I because have the there breakdowns. are a lot of guys that can contribute that are probably better than most when you go four, five, six, seven on every other team. Right, but they can't all all make thirty starts. No, they can't make that many starts, but they can. I'm saying they can piece it. They can piece it together, and I don't know if Fangraphs does that because the back then because of the depth is going to be stronger than most other. That's a factor. It's definitely a factor, but I still think it's a boomer bust rotation. And here's how they break it down: Garrett Cole, five point six projected WAR. No arguments for me. Corey Kluber, 2.9 more. I, I think that is a lofty expectation to have basically a three-war season for a guy that hasn't pitched in two seasons. Yeah. Could he do that? Yes. Could he make three starts? Yes. <laughs> so it's just some of these projections, I think, are are far too great. And Luis Severino, 2.3. That is way too high, especially with the comments that Brian Cashman made on WFAN. He said... um he tempered expectations about Severino, said a safe range is a late July return, and then they will deploy him as they see fit. So Severino might not even be a starter when he returns. In yeah, late they're going to have, he might be a bullpen. Well, I mean, he has to say that. Cashman has to say that. He has to set expectations here to be completely at zero. Anything we get from him is going to be gravy in whatever capacity it is, because they have no idea what the rotation is going to look like at that point. They have no idea when he's going to come back uh, and, and be ready to go on a major league mound because they're going to roll him across. Uh, they're going to bring, him, that's bring an, him back slower. That's a 16, right? That's a 16-month recovery if it's late July. But they may not need to. That's the thing. Like, it all depends on the situation. There's so many things in, in, in play for for Severino. There's no reason for them to give any kind of projection. Look, this is, this. you know me in projections, man. Like, I think they're complete horseshit. Like I think literally there's just a bunch of nerds in a room throwing darts or looking at their computer games and figuring these things yeah, out. It, it makes it, no sense. Excel spreadsheets just spitting out. It numbers. makes no sense. It's it's based on nothing. What is it well, based on? No. Nothing. Okay, but from using your own brain, do you think Luis Severino can produce 2.3 war this season? Probably not if because I don't if, think he's gonna be I don't no. think he's gonna be a position have to, an, to be there. He's not gonna have a time. He's not gonna have the time. Right. They say Jordan Montgomery 2.2, Jamison Tyon, 2.1, Debbie Garcia 1.4, and Domingo Herman 1.3. That's where they get the uh, the numbers. So from. there's that. That's kind of leading to what I'm saying. If you look at some of these other rotations, it's seven starters. Seven they, I bet starters. they don't even go that that deep, especially with over one more. I'm just speculating completely. Yeah. I haven't looked at it, but um, anyway. It's because of the depth at the end of the day. And yes, there's, there's, it's, it's got potential. There's, there's, there's a, the ability to be very top heavy, but also the ability to be consistent. You know, I mean, Corey Kluber might be a three, might be a four type guy, and you might see a lot of those in there. Who knows? Jameson Tyon might come out and dominate. It's possible. The Brian Cashman also said, uh, we're going to have a sit down with Domingo Herman when we all get to spring training about the domestic violence suspension and all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously they've talked to him already right. at some some points over the past two years, but Domingo Herman, I think people are just—I think some people are wrongly just assuming he's going to be the the pitcher he was in the first half of 2019, uh-huh. and I think he's going to go through some hurdles because this is that's a this is a mental thing he he's going to have to pitch with as well i mean he's got a is full that, spring training to go i mean maybe <laughs> who knows there was just a report right before we started recording that uh, uh about the 154 game proposal that was sent out to uh, to so the so that's a week that's a week less yeah but uh, but they're but starting it a month late uh, the the season so so they're gonna cram 154 games extended into five playoffs months. DH universal DH oh yeah all the goodness is in there I'm sure how are they gonna cram all those games into five months seven inning doubleheaders? yeah that's a thing that's that's moving three, forward three inning three inning triple headers yeah probably <laughs> one inning nine headers whatever the, whatever the rules they snuck in on us last year they're gonna stay here forever now too but. Um, What were we just talking about? The Domingo Herman and the fact that there he is going to not only have to just come back and pitch, but he's going to be pitching with the fact that he was suspended for domestic violence. Yes. Okay. I mean, he understands that he's he's at a point now where he, you know, has come to grips. I assume with like what's happened and made personal choices about how to how to address it as a as a as a man like individually. Like, how does he? personally address that for himself and his family i'm sure that those things are are happening or have happened or at least they they better well should have um and i think it like i don't know how much of a distraction that's actually going to be for him coming back whereas it's the the pitching and getting back into the groove and doing all those things because he's gonna have people talk about it the the media is going to bring it right up. that's the thing that's the thing whether, whether it's not he's like good he doesn't bad, expect that it's to happen been. he's got to He's not But that's something you have to deal with. Fine. Whether he goes out there and pitches 7 shutout innings or gets knocked out in the 3rd inning, it's going to be talked about, good or bad. It's going to be talked well, about. He sh- if it's he bad, should be ready it's f- why are you having this guy in the team? He shouldn't even be on the yes. team. He can't pitch, and he's and he hit his hit his wife. And if he's good, it's going to be well. Do we really want to be rooting for a guy that hit his wife? Of course, of course. And these are all so these are all so things. It's that, a lose lose situation for her, and mom. it's 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 not a good situation for fans either. Trying to root for a guy that's playing for the Yankees, the the laundry that we all root for, uh, but just just a bad guy. Like nobody wants yeah, to root for that. Get, it's dirty. It's dirty. So, Look, they're going to have that that conversation with him, the, like sit him down or whatever. I don't know what they're what that's going to be about. Are they looking for specific I think it's answers? It's going to be about the. It's no, gonna, I know no, what it's, it's going to be not. about, but I'm I'm just saying is is okay. Are we we're going to have a sit down and just make sure that like what what is going to be said in a meeting like that that makes any difference that that hasn't been done already. I think they're going to be setting him up for what he's going to face this season, as far as media. I mean, he should know that. Okay, but if he doesn't understand, you know understand what's going to happen and Brian moron. Cashman and and all of the all of the guys are going to get in there and they're going to be talking to him yeah, about it. I'm just that. saying I, mean, I don't know what that's going to do. I like I, I don't know what they're going to get from that conversation. They might find out a, he can't a, a handle man that's it. Contri- they, they might Yeah, what if they find in that meeting he's not going to be able to handle it? If they find it that, that he hasn't learned that he's like, you know, making making light of a situation, I, I could see that you're you're going in and trying to uh, identify where he is right now with what that situation was, and yes, probably feeling comfortable, mentally, not physically, w- and feeling comfortable with um, the way that he answers it because the media is going to be asking him situa- uh, situational questions like that too, and talking to them. So if he's giving answers back that they're that they don't believe he's changed or b- believe that that he's made steps to to become a better person, then yeah, I could see them just completely cutting it and just saying that's it and releasing him. I could see that happening too. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, and honestly, I, I think the road to, Fine, good. Like, do what you got to do. I, 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 that, that's why I just don't think you can bank on... on you can't. Herman. You can't bank on it's, it's, <laughs> any of these guys for multiple reasons. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's boomer bust. You said it could be very steady. It yeah, could if be. Corey Kluber stays healthy, if Luis Severino comes back earlier than expected, if Jordan Montgomery who's No, I, I didn't say steady. What? I said, I said they could be a bunch of number 3s, number 4s, meaning that they they could they could come back also. Yeah, Kluber, the other option is Kluber might be pitching, but he's just not Corey Kluber. He's just a number he's just a guy out there throwing throwing pitches, you know, giving up four runs in six innings or five innings. He could be that too. And and stay healthy, but he just may not be the effective Corey Kluber anymore because he can't do the same things. Can we also talk about the fact that Jordan Montgomery had Tommy John surgery, and since his Tommy John surgery, has thrown forty-eight major league innings? Good, he's rested, like, ready it, to go. Let's, let's. No, but so so I, I am high. I'm higher on Jordan Montgomery than I am on uh, a lot of other guys in the rotation. But I also have to acknowledge that it's forty-eight innings since Tommy John surgery. I don't even know. I know at it's this two point, years, I'm like looking but... at around the room. I'm like, "Oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a positive. Nice. He's rested. <laughs> Let's go." <clears throat> so I, I think it's I think it's a boomer bust rotation. It it could it could work out great. It could they could fall flat on their face. You want to know what did work out great? Shipping Adam Adavino in in division to the Boston Red Sox so that we can. Why do you think that worked out great? Because we're gonna light them up. <laughs> Are they? No, they're just going to sit back and wait <laughs> until the bad pitch. Yeah, I think it's going to be perfect. I don't even... Uh, I, I, it's very difficult for me to get my mind around what's happening with the Boston Red Sox and why they would do that, a deal like that unless they are just positioning assets for potential trade bait at the deadline and cre- and 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 trying to bank more kids so that they can properly rebuild. I don't know. I don't know what the motivation is. This is what the, is. the Red Sox... So this I I listened to uh Boston uh a Boston Sports uh show after this trade because I wanted to see what they said about it. The Red Sox pitching staff is hot garbage. It's trash. They're just trying to add competent major league pitchers to see if they can make a run because they could still hit. They could still mash the ball. So they're going going to need competent major league pitchers if they're hitting. And if they're not hitting, they hope Avineno pitches well and then they'll trade him at the deadline. That's the thing. I, I I think they're trying to set themselves up for a reclamation projects that if they over deliver even a little bit, they can, they can get some kids out of them. I think that's the the biggest motivation because I don't think they really believe that they can make a run. The Yankees say with extended playoffs then maybe, but uh, again, you'd have to have some, some serious surprises come up with the pitching staff. The Yankees save eight point one five million in luxury tax space with this move because they they the Red Sox are eating almost all of the contract except eight hundred and fifty k, and I didn't think they were going to be able to offload basically the entire to the Reds, year to the Red Sox to, to Adavino to the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean the Yankees have made five trades with the Red Sox since nineteen seventy two. Nineteen seventy two. Stephen Drew, I know that the Red Sox, the Red Sox. What's that? They planted Stephen Drew on our freaking team. I know. The, there's the well, that was, horse. That was, 2014, Stephen Drew for Kelly Johnson blockbuster. Son of a bitch. 1997, the Yankees traded a player to be named later and Tony Armas to Boston for Randy Brown, who I had never heard of. Mike Stanley, uh, and then the Yankees sent Jim Messer to Monsieur. complete the trade. Okay, he was a, he was so a middle reliever. Know. 94, that yeah, right. You you were like 27 in 1997. There you go. So That's so when my you but before, but no, it was before alcohol, so my memory is decent. The uh were you actually 27? What year was this? I wasn't even listening to you. 1997. No, I was 17. Right. <laughs> uh yes, you're 17. Right. Thank, you. Thank you for the confirmation. The, the Yankees uh purchased uh, something the name by the name of Scott Bankhead from the Red Sox. 1986, the Yankees traded Don Baylor to the Red Sox for Mike Easler. And then 1972. Those are two names. Those are two Don Baylor is a player. Mike Easler How was a player. How have we how did we not know the Red Sox in 1972 traded Sparky Lyle to the Yankees for a player to be named later? I mean, Sparky Lyle turned into a Cy Young relief pitcher for the Yankees. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, I've heard I had heard that when you said it, it, it rang a bell in my head as 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 true. Before my time, though, no, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna date myself that much. <laughs> it's before my time. So, Audevino will inevitably come into a big situation against the Yankees this year facing Judge, Stanton, Voit, Sanchez throwing frisbee sliders and I just hope that they don't swing at them. That's I swear hope. to God if they swing at them, I'm going to I'm going to do something terrible because the, all they have to do is not swing the bat. That's it. And they will they will get a pitch. They will get a meatball or they will walk. Yeah. One of two things will happen. So, and then shortly after that trade, the Yankees signed Darren O'Day to $1.75 million in 2021 with a $1.4 million player option in 2022 or a $700,000 buyout. So basically, the Yankees have committed $3.15 million to Darren O'Day. So they offload $8.15 million for Otto and they commit $3.15 million to Darren O'Day, who's been very good in his career, but has also had some injury issues the last couple seasons and he's 30 was he he's old years yeah he's old? not young is I mean I'm not saying this is a a, a bad move by any means like it's a, it's a cheap move and he could be a quality reliever but the bullpen could be an issue this year I really do think we're gonna to start seeing to see we're gonna see some young kids up there and I think that they're gonna I do think that they're gonna change some roles around they have a lot of firepower for that bullpen still I'm I'm not worried about the bullpen I'm really not I'm not worried about Chapman not worried about Britain, and I'm not worried about Chad Green. That's three guys, but two years ago we had six guys that we had full confidence in. No, it's true, uh, and and look where it got us. It's, it hasn't it hasn't gotten us anywhere close to anything. So I'm fine. And you're right. Maybe it was a maybe it was uh, the wrong thing for the Yankees at the time, to ri- relying too heavily on their bullpen. It was the wrong thing because they they did they they structured their entire team around a, a freaking bullpen, which is back ass words. So. It, it, it's not a right way to do it. This year at least they threw in a whole bunch of starting pitchers, granted that they're either old, broken or potentially broken or coming back from, you know, major personal problems. Just the like, horrible guys, <laughs> Jesus Christ. They got elbow problems, shoulder problems, forearm problems, the, um but violence problems. Unbelievable. When you look uh when you look up and down like there are some kids. I I I've brought him up a few times, but Nick Nelson impressed me at the end of the year. I can see him stepping up and being um, a good piece in the bullpen. I know he's got, uh, you know, he's he's uh, been stretched out to be a starter as well, but I see him as a more of a bullpen piece. And again, I really, really, really hope they can find the wise and put him in a position to succeed. And that's probably one inning. Let him be a one inning guy. Let him master two pitches and, and just be a dominant kid because he's got that. He's got the stuff for it, for sure. Um, I could see him taking that Chad Green step this year. Yeah, th- there's going to be more opportunities this year to make, roster spots in the bullpen than there have been the past five seasons. Definitely, definitely. And, and oh, by the way, the starting pitching staff, uh, the rotation is so deep that not all of these guys are going to, you know, be in that rotation. You may see towards after the all-star break, after the trade deadline, somebody get turned around and, 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 uh, put into the bullpen as either a, you know, a swing guy or or heck, even if it's like a, a Severino coming in later, he may he may come in and be, you know, just a a, a very integral piece that that is able to go two innings, you know, in uh, the the sixth and seventh or the fifth and the sixth and get through, you know, the heart of a lineup and then, you know, um, put in the other guys uh, in the back of the bullpen. So it would not surprise me if one of those guys that we're we're talking about right now as a starting pitcher was a, was a piece in the bullpen at the end of the season, too. And there will be injuries. There's always there's injuries. Always injuries. So you're, you're always going to need seven, eight, nine start guys to make starts throughout the season. That, that's not going to change. That's the case. Everywhere. And I'm getting more and more excited for Clark Schmidt in whatever capacity that we see him. So, you know, if there's a... He wasn't on the Fangraph projection. Which I think is a mistake. Fangraphs has been missing. The the past two, the, the projections of the American League was stupid uh, I, and they've changed that. But it was it was a bad projection in the beginning. Okay. He's thrown six Major League innings. So it's like, but you have to look at, I mean, there's so many of these considerations and I know you can't go nine deep in the, in the Yankees rotation with their projections, but I do think that he's going to be one of the guys in there and potentially more, I could see that, uh, them, him getting more innings than Davey Garcia, actually, I could see that. Oh, I, well, because I don't think they're that far off. And I think that as far as what the Yankees believe, and if he has a, a hot start, and if he has a good spring training, they feel good about him, they could flip a coin between those two guys, I think. But I think all else being equal, Garcia's going to get the a start over Garcia to start. Um, Devi's going to get a start over Schmidt to start the season. Probably to start, if, but I'm all saying all else if, is equal. My point is, is that if he's showing well, I could see Clark Schmidt, and then if he has you know one one or two starts in the majors, it's going to be very difficult to unseat him. He's got the pedigree that they uh, want yeah but he's a rookie he's it's an unknown you you say that because I I understand why you're saying that he's a highly ranked prospect and there's guys talk about his stuff and he already had his Tommy John surgery in college which is great let's hope he doesn't need a second one like Jamison Tyon so I get why you're saying all this but at the same time he's never done it I don't need people to, to show me on the major league level that they can do it no, I know. I'm not saying he can't high, do it. The, I'm not saying he high. can't do it. But but here's the other thing about Davy Garcia is, I, I he's done. I, it. He's made good starts in the majors. I don't think that he's going to be a long-term starter. I just don't believe it. I don't believe that the Yankees. Of the size. I think that the Yankees. Baby Pedro. Baby Pedro is <laughs> not gonna not gonna. He last. doesn't throw like Pedro throws though either. I mean, he in stature and some of the things that he does, he he certainly resembles Pedro, but he's a different pitcher. He's a different type, a uh, different type of pitcher, in in the 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 arsenal, you know, in the uh, the pitches that he actually throws, he doesn't have the same velocity. Well, he doesn't have the same view like Pedro. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that, but the the comparisons, it's like uh, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best
0: way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
2: I saw MLB put out yesterday the comparisons for um, Jason Dominguez. <laughs> I saw this too. Bo Jackson, like, what, what the hell? Mickey Mantle, and Mike Trout. <laughs> Go ahead. Good uh, luck, it, kid. It's, Go get him. Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle, Mike Trout, two of the greatest baseball players to ever live, and Bo Jackson, perhaps the most freakish athlete yeah. who has ever walked the playoffs. I mean, couldn't they have thrown like a Yasil Puig in there or something <laughs> to like give him some... You know, because I could I could see a, a Puig comp right, like physically. There's a, there's a, there's I, I a, don't a, know. The kid's seven. He's, he's never played organized ball. There's a. He puig just comp got his him. learner's permit, Scott. I'm just, who the hell knows? He doesn't have to drive a day in his life. I don't want him driving. I, like, yes, Puig is at least giving the kid some. Uh, you know, a. a Possible expectation that's within reach. A low expectation is what you're saying. Yeah. You want to temper expectation. Well, Jason Dominguez, we're gonna talk about prospects in a minute, actually. Um it's probably a good segue. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area, and it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit BetterHelp.com Bronx 21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com bronx21. The MLB updated their top 100 prospect pipeline and Jason Dominguez number thirty two. I thought he was going to be higher, just from all the. I hype. did too, actually. I thought he was going to be higher as well. I thought he was going to be like at least top twenty, if not top ten. So I, I I really believe that that MLB pipeline is saying, okay, we're putting this guy as high as humanly possible, but we got to see one inning of organized baseball <laughs> in the United States. He's got to he's got to get a hit in professional baseball yeah. before we can anoint him the next Mike gotta Trout. Got to see something. Uh, you know, just on, just in the box score, just we don't actually physically have to see it. We just have to, he's got to log an inning, uh, and then I have a feeling he's going to rise. Whenever they, when do they, do they do this uh, at, at the mid break or do they do it at the beginning of the season again? They it, it up no, it, they always update it twice now and then mid season after after the draft and after uh, the international. Sign. So if he if he shows even a little bit, it doesn't even have to be good. If he just shows. Like a little bit of power. If he shows the bat speed, he you know, he makes a throw. It doesn't even matter if it's accurate or does anything productive. He just has to show a cannon. Any of these things, once he shows it in the United States playing organized ball in a minor league system, which I assume that will hopefully happen, he will uh, he will be climbing those ranks even higher. And as far as the Yankees division is concerned, Wander Franco is the number one overall prospect with the Rays. Uh Adley Rushman catcher for the Orioles is the number two overall prospect yeah. uh the blue Jays have the number 10 overall prospect a right-handed pitcher named Nate he Pearson. pitched last, he pitched last year he's good that's the other reason why the blue Jays are going to be very good he's Nate Pearson's good the Rays have the number 19 Luis patino right-handed pitcher oh Austin oh you Martin. say where's patino in the, the Rays organization let me look at this up why just keep going I'll tell you why in a second so the Blue Jays have the number 22 prospect, Austin Martin. The Orioles have the number 27 prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, who I believe has also debuted, possibly, because I feel like I talked to uh, when we did our Orioles p- uh, preview podcast. I feel like that name came up. Um, Jason Dominguez, number 32, the Yankees. And then the Red Sox first prospect comes up, Tristan Casas. First baseman. Uh, number. Uh, he's a number forty-four overall, and then uh, going down the list a little bit more. Clark Schmidt, number eighty-eight. He's the Yankees' next highest-ranked prospect. Debbie Garcia, not on the top one hundred. He was number eighty-seven at the end of last year. Does he have too many innings? Does it? Does he not qualify for this list? I I don't think so because Is there days on, uh, days on a on an active roster. Oh, uh, maybe maybe that's it because it's prorated. Yeah, and he 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 maybe prorated enough at the end of last year to to not be on this list that could be it, it. must be it otherwise but, would... uh, you know who's on this list he was i forget what number he is randy Arrasarena. rice is on the list and the dude hit like 17 postseason home runs so i don't know how these are calculated like i don't know what they consider time or not time okay so this uh luis patino is definitely gonna be pitching in the major leagues this year what what, no, what? Why did you? What were you looking? I up? wanted to look at who this is. This is probably one of the guys <laughs> you were gonna look up who who you hate that Kevin Cash is bringing out of the bullpen. No, yeah, yeah, to throw well, thats miles just, No, you know, I, I told you that I don't believe that they're gonna be as as uh, a, there's gonna be this big fall off from the raise that everybody's predicting because of Snell and Charlie Morton. I just don't believe that's going to be the case because I think that the Rays are, have done such a good job in their minor league system and in, in the way that they've brought people up, finding gems out of absolutely nowhere, that they're going to fill that spot and they're going to be fine. And a guy like this, who's a, a high, highly touted prospect, would not surprise me if he's uh, up and contributing. So he even pitched last year against the Padres. So I expect him to be nasty. You're just trying to figure out you're just trying to figure out who's going to ruin your life. Yeah, I'm time. just expecting I'm, I'm I'm trying to identify who's the, you know, the the substitute cuz that's what they're going to do. They're just going to plug in another guy and and they'll yeah. get production. Uh, bef- uh I also wanted to talk about the Yankees luxury tax updated standings and the uh, updated uh, figures i said they're about nine million bucks under the tax threshold they're projected to have a 201 million dollar payroll this year that would be a 57 million dollar payroll cut from last year if you had a full season last year um i think that's pretty big that's pretty significant it's a 22 percent year-over-year cut it's garrett cole there's a big there's, there's a big Cole. piece in there. I mean, they went over. They're they're identifying. They they knew what they were doing. They're going after Garrett Cole. They there was more money on the books, and a lot of it came off this year. I mean, there was a good amount of, of money they came off the books, and they just didn't fill it yeah. the same way. But it's a thirty million payroll cut from two thousand nineteen. But um, I mean, you just taking off. You know, you take off of um, you take a Tanaka off, and you replace it with. Kluber or Jameson Tyon. Half the money. Yeah, it's half the money. Yeah. It's a, I mean, look at Tyon. That's that's a, a significant no, I, lower. I get it. But do you think the Yankees are, are in a position now where they should be cutting payroll when they're in this championship window? No, I think they should be getting better. But I, I I I also look around the roster and I can identify the fact that there's not that many places to do that unless we're getting rid of somebody. As of now, no team is over the tax threshold. Do you think this is COVID-related or do you think this is, I'm using the C word, collusion, Amongst owners, to you to treat these the tax threshold like a hard salary cap. It's uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was discussions about this. Be like, okay, nobody's going over it. Nobody's going over it. I won't go over it if you won't go over it. Um, but I do think a lot of that. The reason why that's potentially even happening, if that if those behind the scenes things were happening, is because of COVID. Because of the unknown. There's such a big unknown right, still, even still that, you know, they don't want to put themselves in a position to. Uh, to pay even more when 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 they may not have to. Uh, yeah, I, I think this if this this would be the first year in Major League since in history since the tax threshold was implemented that no team goes over it. If if indeed no team. goes It makes over sense it. that this is the year. There's there's economic instability in the league, so these guys are trying to save their money. They didn't become rich for you know overspending. These guys are all frugally. They're 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 all uh, fiscally. Um, conservative, I think you, you could see a lot of them in the way that they've gotten to where they are. Yes, they've been very good at business to, to, to get to this point, but they've been smart. They're not stupid. I, mean, I could see, I could see a guy like Steve Cohen who just bought the Mets and who has made some good moves on GameStop. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the guy just spent two point seven billion dollars to bail out some 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 hedge fund that. Was on the wrong side of the GameStop stocks, Yikes. but I could see him just being like, "Screw you guys! I don't care about this luxury tax threshold. I want to win." Yeah, I. You know, you also have to fit into the boys' club too. There's also uh, a little bit of that. I wouldn't be surprised. I, no one will ever say that this is true, and and some people may think I'm an idiot for thinking this, but I firmly believe that there's collusion in every industry. <laughs> I believe, firmly believe that there is an insider, insider uh, discussion on a lot of these industries, and I and I think yeah, proving it is the, the hard part. ownership. The ownership of professional sports, the oldest boys' club, the that has the, the probably, probably in, it's up there with with uh, uh, you know American businesses, yeah, as far as industries go, that's definitely one of them that has been around for a long time. I also don't think it's a coincidence that it, this would be happening in the last year of the current CBA. Well, that's that's, that's another that's up. another piece of this puzzle. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, there's unstability setting up for in the labor 20- relations. Instability in the economy. Instability. Instability. I keep saying instability. Instability. With was my like, grammar? Is that, is that a word? In- I wasn't going to call you there's on it in- because I wasn't hundred percent sure. <laughs> there's instability in everything. There's there's just you know everything is uh, fragile at this point. So yeah, it's unstable, but it's it, but it's instability. It's instability. It's in- yes, it is unstable. Correct. So yeah, I think that the COVID. I think it's maybe, like you said, boys' club talking over 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 scotch, over cigars on on whatever, not on Zoom because that that's there's evidence there and you can't have the evidence. So some whatever the encrypted Zoom is that rich people have. And I think the CBA coming up for renegotiations definitely for sure a factor. And if you don't think that they're they're aligned for that, you're nuts. You're nuts. oh yeah, owners, like I know you're not allowed to do this. I mean, they started but fighting you're last oblivious April. To when what the reality is, in this planet, if you don't think that these guys are talking, we're going to have a baseball season this year. Maybe it's going to be one fifty, what, what, one, well, however many games it's going to be, and then we're going to have another labor fight. After it's going to be a doozy, too. It's going to be a doozy. It was like literally the shit that happened when there was COVID and they were negotiating to get back on the field. That is just precursor that is a preamble to the absolute heavyweight boxing fight we're going to have this coming december and the the owners are right now are positioning themselves to uh you know to to be able to withstand some body shots and, and go yeah. for the haymaker because they're going to be the one in the driver's seat like 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 it's, we it's you know i know the the um mlb players association has been strong probably probably the most uh the strongest players union in all of professional sports, at least historically, not not so much recently, but they've um they're in for a fight because the owners are definitely have, have gained strength for sure. We mentioned some of Brian Cashman's comments, obviously the stuff on Gary Sanchez, but he talked about Brett Gardner and he was asked if Gardner's going to return to the Yankees. He was very vague. The takeaway here is Brian Cashman said, he's very talented and his career is not over, but where continues to be TBD. It sounds like they are, I don't want to say out on Brett Gardner because I won't believe it until I see it, but because he also said this about Clint Frazier, he said, going into this, without a doubt, he solidified himself as the guy. He had a hell of a year and he should be very proud of it. We're proud of him. Those comments about Clint Frazier, coupled with his ambiguity on, Bre- on Brett Gardner makes me think they are actually going to move on from Brett Gardner. I still don't believe they're going to move on from Brett Gardner. I will tell you why. I This is this is more to the point why I didn't want Brett Gardner. Not that I didn't want Brett Gardner on this team. I like Brett Gardner, all of that, yada, yada, yada. Got to throw in the caveat. <laughs> but Clint Frazier deserves to be the starting left fielder for the New York Yankees. And Brian Cashman essentially said Well, that. if he doesn't say that, it brings in the ambiguity. Whether it's Gardner or whomever it is, it doesn't matter who it is. They need to say that because, because honestly, the way that he did rebound, the way that he came back from off the field stuff, just like you know, he was he was vilified by by the media. Essentially, he he did some dumb things, but he certainly took steps in becoming a much better baseball player. A hell of a, I mean, he was in the running for a defensive uh, a Gold Glove last year. Gold Glove, I mean, crazy. So he he went 180 defense with the way that people think about him, and uh, you know he just handled himself very well, and he and he played well. So you he deserves the job. Not to mention he's a young guy coming up who's got all the ability to get better. He needs the reps as well so that he can find himself what he's truly going to be as he's getting into the peak years of his career. A guy like Brett Gardner. Should never be in the way of that ever, whether it's in your mind or or physically on the field. Like th- you just should not be that way. I think that Brett Gardner is going to be more to the point of like, for some reason you thought Le- LeMahieu was going to drag on till spring training. Brett Gardner, this is set up beautifully for that. Brett Gardner's not going to get a job anywhere else. He's going to either go with the Yankees or he's just going to, you know, not retire probably, but not sign, and he's going to be on the farm for the entire year. Or he's going to be ready for the Yankees to call him in the middle of spring training and say, "Let's go." And it's going to be for the minimum, and he's going to come in and play a role. You think he'll play for the minimum? Whatever it is, it'll be. Yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll make some little the fluffy deal to that'll be that'll be uh, that'll look better. It'll it won't be insulting, and it will stay under the make sure that everybody's in, in good position with the um, the finances. But they just don't need to get it done right now. I don't think. Why do you think he wouldn't get a job anywhere? Like I, I could see both the Rays or the Blue Jays giving him a couple because guys bucks. like Gardner right now are just they're they're not nobody wants to pay a guy like this anything. They'd rather give it to a kid. You're not paying them. Really. I know. you're, he, you're okay, so okay. that what is he gonna do for your organization? I don't see. I mean, maybe he will. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I think that the way that we've seen baseball trending and the way that money has not gone to these um, middling. Uh, veteran guys, they just haven't been getting contracts like at all. There have been guys sitting out because they're not getting the any interest anywhere. The teams are rather put a younger guy in there and see if they can, you know, build some build some equity with a young guy that's overplaying what he th- what they're paying for him. And th- at least there's some upside there. There's no upside for Brett Gardner for another team. No, you wouldn't be doing it for for because as soon as he has a bad a bad week, he's going to be nobody. Nobody's going to want him on the team anymore. Yeah, and I guess like who was it? Uh, David Dahl didn't he get like two and a half million like bucks or something like nothing. that? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I just don't see the and market. He's a more upside guy. He's more upside. Than he's younger than Gardner. Gardner. He's a at this point in his career a better player than Gardner. Gardner has more leash a, as a New York Yankee and more uh, more value as a New York Yankee than anywhere else. I, I would certainly argue. So I, yeah, that's still the case. Obviously. Okay. So so maybe you're right. Maybe maybe March 10th. We hear, oh, Brett Gardner came in to Yankees camp. He signed, he signed for the minimum, or he f- signed for a million bucks. Or something yeah, like, like it wouldn't that. surprise or, me. Or, if, if it, Ros- it wouldn't surprise me if Brett Gardner was at camp like unsigned, and he's just like coming in to work out. <laughs> he just shows yeah. up in the parking and lot, then, and then yeah. it's just assumed that that's going to happen potentially, and he's going to be. But they're going to they they're making it very clear right now. They're they're making sure that the media understands this. All the fans understand what's happening is that. So uh, you know, Cashman saying, "We like the roster here, the way it's going uh, right now." I, I could see us walking into the season like this. Clint Frazier's our guy. All the positive things about him. All the support right there. And and then if, if Gardner does come on, it's an afterthought. It's a, it's a depth piece. And you know what? I'm fine with Brett Gardner. If he's the fifth outfielder, I'm totally fine with that. My problem is if Brett Gardner is re-signed, then unfortunately, because his name is Brett Gardner and he's been here for 12 years, for whatever reason, he's going to get more playing time than he deserves. That could still happen, even if even if everything I just said happens as well. Because once you get into the season and you're on the you're in the clubhouse and at the dugout, you know, Aaron Boone looks around and he he, he sees his guys. Brett Gardner all of a sudden starts getting getting hot, you know, pulling some Matt Holiday, uh, you know, uh, getting swole and, and hitting bombs into into right field. Never know. I hope I. I but I, I think they're anointing right now. Clint Frazier as the starting left fielder, which he deserves, and good, good. for him. And the doozy comments that Brian Cashman made were about Gary Sanchez and the fact that he did that ESPN interview about a month ago saying that the Yankees never talked to me about why why I was benched. Brian Cashman fires back with, I think the whole world knows why he was benched. It's pretty much self-awareness at this at that point. You had a horrible year on both sides of the ball. You lost your job in the most important time of the season, which is October baseball. I'm not sure if there's an explanation necessary. Your play speaks for itself, and you either play well enough to keep playing or you don't. Whether you were told directly, I'm not saying he wasn't, I'm not saying he was, I don't really care. Wow. Damn. Bam, tell it like it is, Cash. I mean, damn. At the end of the day, he's he's absolutely right. <laughs> He didn't play well. He didn't play. That's what happened. I mean, Aaron Boone was talking about it this past week, and he acknowledged that, you know, there was not this preempt, uh, this premeditated decision to not start Gary Sanchez in certain times. He said that it was it was a day to day thing. They were looking to see who was playing well and who wasn't, and they were making these decisions more on the fly than than what people thought, and that was what Aaron Boone said. But what I'm seeing from Cashman here is like, yeah, of course. Light a fire under this guy's ass. I'm not going to—we can't coddle Do you think, that, do you him think that's how it's going to— Do you think that this is going to light a fire under No, Gary I think Gary—it doesn't matter. Nothing matters what is said. Nothing. Everything that that is going to happen on, on the field with Gary Sanchez is going to be because of Gary Sanchez. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Everybody's already said everything and anything. He just has to figure it out between his ears, make that— Make this whatever the improvements he has to do, and go out there and play his game, and that will shut everybody up. The, these, this is like almost like a moment of whatever the next level of candidness is for Brian Cashman. Like he, he's had his moments of of being candid, but this is almost like a he blacked out for a second and just said exactly what he was thinking, kind of moment. This, but this is also very evident for me that this is it. Like you need to figure it out, and probably not late in the season either. You need to figure it out first half of the year. If you're not that guy, then we, you know we're we're gonna that that's where I could see a potential move being made at the at the deadline. Is is a uh, you know bringing in someone that you know maybe has some familiarity with some of these guys or whatever has the ability to make a transition uh, soon and like a, a, a good transition. Well, would not surprise me if that was the I, case. But again, man, like. If Gary, Gary walks out and starts playing well and plays up to his expectations and has a, a, a good approach mentally, which I think is very important for him, he could become an all-star. He could be an all-star next year. wouldn't surprise me either. That, no, it wouldn't. But I think what these comments show is that Brian Cashman's fed up with yes, Gary Sanchez. he's fed up with the situation. And this is, and this is probably his last year with the team, good right, or Right, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't know about good. No, if good, I I, I disagree. I think if he comes out and plays very well, then then we are talking I don't about no I don't know if cat i, I th- these are fed up this is I am fed up with that question I'm fed up with that player I'm fed up with all this talk about it kind of kind of moves and and I kind of comments I don't i these comments they're I think they're just true there's nothing I know there I there's nothing know like true. inflammatory about them or nothing that's embellished in any way why do you think they re- they they gave Gary his arbitration money because there's more value giving him that than anywhere than anything it was a pure else pure val, pure value thing it wasn't about that we still believe in the player it wasn't about any of that it was this is the best value for our roster in 2021 and we're just going to move on after that look you're yes could could he could he win an mvp could he hit 275 with 35 home runs and play all-star level defense behind the plate yes cuz he's that talented and in that case well then you just cannot move on from him because it's too good. But if he just turns into a pretty good player again, I think they could easily move on. And I think that's probably what they want to do. Well, be. you're right to this point. He, ha- he would have to have a phenomenal year for them to, to make a different decision in that way because there's going to be a contract involved. There's going to be a term involved. Right. There's going to be a commitment involved. And you got to feel really good about that commitment at this point. And, and there's been so much on uncertainty in his play and and uh, inconsistency with the way that the seasons have gone, that it's going to be very difficult to even look at one really good year and and believe that that's going to be the norm moving forward as well. Because you'd be doing you'd be giving him a contract based on a really good 2017 and a really good 2021. Those are very far and apart pure, from Well, that. I mean, it would be and pure God given abilities like we know that's there. If you could, if you could, if you could yeah. book, if he could go in right now. And and put a uh, a performance that's you know, on par or close or whatever, just shows that he's got that same ability. Then it's really hard to deny that the talent's there. That that when you're when you're uh, when there's a big gap in between like that. All I know is that if Gary Sanchez gets benched again in 2021, (laughs) there's not going to be any uh, sit down conversation with him. No, 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 there's going to be a player acquired at the middle of this in the middle of the season to play the catching position. That's what's going to happen. It's it's going to be that drastic. Yeah, it'll be it'll be if he's having a bad first half. Higgy will start to get more and more and more playing time, and then they'll they'll try and acquire someone. But acquiring a catcher mid season is not. It's an easy not. Cast. No, it's it's putting them in a difficult position. This is this is going to be a pain point if he doesn't play well. It's going to be it's going to be drama because yeah, do we fifth straight because year, do we expect Higgy to uh, you know put that same performance together that he did towards the end of last year? Probably not. It's going to be harder for him to, unless he's just really developing as a player, one of those late bloomer guys who's coming out there and, and, you know, making his, these, um, uh, these, these adjustments at the major league level and becoming a, a confident uh, catcher at the plate. If he does enough with the bat, like, I, again, I, I do believe if they see enough defense back there, they will just sit on that. That's all they really need. They don't need the bat necessarily. They just need you to not be a problem. Um, with the bat they need you to not be nothing yeah and I don't think defense is good enough to to you know to be a backup guy to be a defense first catcher and I think that's what they need to win a championship I don't think they need production out of the catcher position to win a championship I don't think it's a a requirement a prerequisite I don't I don't believe that there's enough to go around whereas if you have good defense and it's stable and the and the rotation is going well that can be enough and Sanchez is not going to be a backup He's not that type of player. No, not here. Definitely not here. No. So if 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 he loses his starting job, then that's it. You you just gotta you gotta move on. Just don't even carry the dead weight on the on the roster because if you're not gonna play him, he's just gonna be a problem if he's if he's on the bench. So so what's I, the point? I mean I, I don't see that I don't see that. Oh, you mean if they acquired somebody? Yeah, yeah. he would probably be in a trade. They would. Unload him in some capacity to a team that's looking at the upside. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for today. We're going to be back at you on Tuesday with a mailbag-only show, because we have a ton of mailbags, and there's also a lot of news about the Blue Jays. You're probably saying, why the hell aren't you talking about all the moves the Blue Jays have made? We will talk about that on Tuesday, because they got a hell of a lot better. Any last words for for this episode? I'm just very impressed with the Adam Adovino trade. The fact that they got rid of him, and Absorbed all of that money is unbelievable. That's just that's just one of those brilliant pieces until Ad- Ad- Otta comes out there and is like uh, you know, the uh the best the roll Aids reliever of the year for the Red Sox. <laughs> until Otto puts up an, another one point seven ERA and strikes out Judge Sanchez and and, and Stanton. But I mean it's it's year. the 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 um, the move where you get Rid of Adovino, his entire contract, pretty much. And then you turn around and sign Darren O'Day, who's been a pain in the ass for the Yankees for a long time. A long time. Those years when, when in Baltimore, he was a pain in the ass. Uh, you bring in He's a been guy... A good reliever. He's been a very good, very reliever, good reliever for eight straight yes. years. Yeah. You're you're improving the player. And it was... Uh, yeah, oh, so definitely. Adovino sucked last year. And at the end of but, 2019, he was terrible. Yeah, but... He had a horrible September and then a bad in the playoffs. Let me ask you this: If Ottavino, instead of making nine million dollars, his contract was for five million dollars, do you think they would have traded him? Uh, it would have been close. It, that's like if you say three million dollars, I would say no. Five million dollars is borderline. But the fact that they well, got rid of I, nine, the fact that they got eight, uh, rid of eight of it, and then went out and signed a better plus, reliever yeah. for one point four or one point seven five with a, a a player option. Really, just it's really. You said it's a it's it's close to a two point five million dollar uh, with that with the buyout if, the, if they no, buy no, them out. The, the gar- there's guaranteed money up to. Hold on, I wrote it down. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Where, where are we? the the it's one point seven five in 2021, and then a player option one point four or a seven hundred thousand dollar buyout. So it, two point five. Oh, so if if O'Day declines the options, the option they can pick it up. For 3.15 million okay so there's a kicker in there if he outperforms it essentially the yankees have the ability yeah. to overpay to keep him so they're only committed to 2.5 for the sal- for salary cap purposes it's 2.5 which is the 1.75 plus the 700 buyout yeah. great deal great deal i mean it's 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 yeah. beautiful manipulation beautiful I mean, he did deal with a ton of injuries in 2019. He was on the injured list for elbow, sho- elbow, shoulder, and hamstring. As a 39-year-old, he had a bad day. Those are 39-year-old I, injuries. I, that happens to me when I when I uh, when I rake leave sometimes. <laughs> exactly, and this dude's thrown submarine on the map. You know, it's one bad day it can can spiral. <laughs> All right, uh, as I said, tune in for that mailbag only show. We'll talk to you guys then.